This is Kristen Smith, and you're listening to the Destination Begin podcast. In today's episode, it's all about 75 hard. A lot of you guys have asked for an episode about 75 hard because you found me because of 75 hard. So today is going to be going through the experience, talking about how it was to endure 75 days on this program. And I also have a special guest with me today that I'm really excited about. I'm here today with Randy. He completed 75 hard the same time that I did. He started two days after I started and we shared a lot of the same experiences. So he's here to tell how it was for him and I'm going to tell how it was for me. So you get two perspectives on the experience. So welcome to the podcast, Randy. Thank you. Randy is no stranger to hard things. He spent time in the Marine Corps. He's a Marine. And when he left the Marines, he was a Marine Corps sergeant. So he's definitely been disciplined and been through hard things, tough things. So he's going to talk about his experience with 75 hard and how it maybe relates to or trumps or pales in comparison to some of those other hard things that he's done. So thanks for agreeing to be here, Randy. Yep. No problem. So 75 Hard, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a program that Andy Frisella put together. Andy Frisella is a CEO of many companies. He runs the First Form Company. So if you're familiar with their protein supplements and nutritional supplements, he's the head of that company and many others. And he has a podcast, very popular podcast called the MF CEO Project. And that's where he talked about a personal challenge that he had started so he could meet a goal of his own. Um, So he gave himself 75 days to hit a goal and he put himself on a really strict program and he ended up publishing the details of that and challenging people to do this, this, it's really a mental toughness program uh, to take 75 days and really change your life. So it involves two workouts a day. Each of them have to be 45 minutes in length and one of them has to be outside. You have to pick a diet and stick to it zero cheats, zero deviations, zero bites off that plan. You have to drink a gallon of water every day, no alcohol, take a daily progress picture, and read 10 pages of personal development reading every single day for 75 days. And if you screw up, you miss a component or you take a bite that you're not supposed to have, you have to start over. So it's a really tough challenge meant to build mental toughness. So that is what 75 hard is. So we're just going to go through each component one at a time and talk about our experiences with them. So Randy, why don't you start us off by talking about the diet? What diet did you choose and why? Okay. So for diet, uh, prior to 75 hard, the diet was pretty clean. And we'll say relative to the average American standard, right? You know what I'm saying? Where as far as, uh, you know, low fat, you know, low glycemic carbs, minimal fast food, minimal candy, minimal desserts, uh, minimal alcohol, but you did, you know, I, I, I would have those things on occasion. Yeah. Right. Um, and so cutting, or I should say, uh, my diet was basically to keep the, the protein, go to healthy fats as far as like nuts and so on. I could do carbs. Um, right before or right after a workout, which means, um, basically rice or I could, I, basically there was no restriction on carbs. It wouldn't be candy, but you, it could be rice or wheat or any kind of grain based carbohydrate. But then during the day, uh, the food rule was to keep uh, carbohydrate sources to uh, vegetables 
Um, and, and I would say, except for around the workout, it was nuts, meat, vegetables. And that would probably, that was pretty much the, the staples 90% of the time, you know. And that wasn't so, a huge deviation from what you did prior no, to 75 hard. No. And so, um, the one thing with the, with the diet, I guess we'll say the, the alcohol was probably once a week. I liked having a glass of wine, like on mm -hmm. a Friday after work and not having that was kind of like, you know, on a Friday at 7 PM, like, oh, man, I want a glass of wine or, or one beer and you couldn't, but it, you know, it's okay. And my diet, I, I tend to eat pretty clean, but I was coming off a summer of, I was recovering from a surgery, and so I was being very disciplined and getting back to working out, but I was still enjoying too many binges on donuts, too much binge eating. Binge eating is my issue. and um, So for me, cleaning up the diet meant just sticking to the things that I knew worked for me, which is cutting out all of the gluten, cutting out the carby things, which <laughs> there's no technical term for carby things, but I know what a carby thing is, uh, chips, crackers, those types of things. So my diet really became focused on macros with high protein, high fat, very low junky carbs, and as many vegetables as I wanted. But I cut out sweets, treats, fruit. Um, fruit was big. I spent a lot of time in the summer eating watermelons, like whole watermelons and just piles of fruit. And while that is good for you in some ways, it's a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar, and I just was binge eating it. So my diet on 75 hard was basically clean protein, vegetables, and fat. It was delicious. I didn't have any problems sticking to the diet. Yeah, I wanted to comment on that also. So to clarify, I ate more fat than I'd ever eaten in the past, really. Um, I didn't count calories anymore. And the only thing that I kept an eye on was meeting my, my protein intake daily. That's what I tried to hit. But otherwise, I ate when I was hungry and when it was before. When it, like aside from before and after a workout, when I say before and after, I mean immediately before and after a workout. Basically, I ate as much as I wanted as long as it was vegetables, nuts, and meat or like maybe a protein shake. So I was full all the time. And being able to eat fat, you're able to eat food that kind of it met that. It wasn't like you're just eating tofu all day. You know, you're able to yeah, eat steak and you're able to eat, full. you know, um, I, don't know I, I think I like nuts are very satisfying for me. But anyways, and I... Shit, I got the leanest of my life ever, ever, and got the uh, the lightest of my adult life. Well, and you should note too, you started out in really good shape. I started out needing to lose some weight and pretty soft. My body fat was pretty high, and but you started out in really good shape, super ripped, super shredded. You, Randy works out really hard. He's not going to give himself any credit, but he lifts weights really, really heavy and intensely. I've never seen anything like it before. So his workouts are no joke. So you started this in really good shape. That was in decent shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting out, you know, maybe, maybe 10% body fat, maybe, yeah, somewhere around there, no less than 10, but around mm -hmm. there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I lifted and, and, and ran every other day, run stairs every other day. It's kind of the staple workouts, you know, but, uh, anyway. So let's talk about the workouts now that we're, now that we're gradually sliding into that. If you don't have anything else to say about the diet. No, the diet wasn't too bad except, okay, I'm going to clarify that. So for work, um, I travel on Sunday or Mondays, I fly out of town and then Thursdays or Fridays I fly back. So on the travel days, the diet was a little tough sometimes when you're in the airport and having to search out, you know, the, 
the chicken Caesar salad or whatever. You had to kind of plan ahead or bring snacks with you, you know. So that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, let me see what else. Well, and here. it kind of proves that it doesn't matter what your lifestyle yes. is. When you decide to do something, you can make it work. If you decide you are not going to cheat, you are not going to cheat. Even if you yes. have to eat a crappy bagged hard boiled egg from a gas station like I had to do, or you had to eat expensive, overpriced, crappy salad. Yeah. Like, like Starbucks sous vide egg bites. That was, that was like the, uh, the staple in the airport, you know, <laughs> when you're need a snack or, yeah. or a bag of almonds, you know, it's just, it's yeah, that was. was, that was what this challenge did for me for the diet was that there is no option except to stick to it. And so you figure it out and yep. sometimes you go hungry and sometimes you eat things that are not delicious, but you don't quit. You don't deviate the end. So, um, so yeah, as okay. for, yeah, as right. for workouts, so my typical workout is a 45 minute workout at F45. And then oftentimes I do double that up or I was running or I was dabbling and I, I do two a day workouts quite a bit. So having to do two day, two a day workouts was not super hard. The outdoor component was tough because instead of being able to double it at 45, doing, you know, two 45 minute workouts there, I had to do an outdoor workout. So I didn't have time to double and do an outdoor workout. And so that was a little frustrating, but luckily it was nice outside and I could run outside a lot and walk my dog. Unfortunately, I had just broken my toe when we started. And so I had to figure out how to get that outdoor workout in without walking or running. So I bought a bike and I started biking and that outdoor component was incredibly awesome because I started biking around the Twin Cities. I saw things I never would have seen on foot. I saw things I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't broken my toe because I never would have done that much biking. And I really had time to reconnect with my own mind. And I started biking to work because that banged out my 45-minute workout in the morning. And then the return ride was my 45-minute workout in the evening. And so it forced me to really be smart about my time and then be creative about my workouts. So doing two workouts a day was not a new thing, but it challenged me to be more creative. And then of course you don't get a day off. So I found it really hard after a while to just keep the energy up. And eventually there were days where my workout was a 90 minute walk outside because it's all I could do. Um, it's all I had energy to do. Well, we were nodding my head. Yeah. you know. So yeah, it was tough. And Randy had his even more difficult challenge fitting it in because of the travel days for you. We're rough. So you're getting up at, you know, sometimes you're going to be in at work at around between five and six. Sometimes so you're getting up at three, three thirty to get, you know, at least part of your workout in before you get to work. And then you work a full day and then on your travel day or you go to the airport after work. And so I'd be, you know, trying to get my, you know, the remaining 45 minutes of my workout in, in the airport doing laps down the terminals. And that's what you had to do, right? Cause then you get, you fly home, you get home, it's nine o'clock at night. You don't want to go do your workout, you know, or you'd be outside. I'd get to Kristen's place. I'd get off the plane and say, all right, let's go do our outside 45. And so we're out walking at 10 o'clock at night, getting our outside 45 in, yeah, you know, fun. and then when I, you know, I, my, my daughter, you know, Sometimes she'd go to, you know, do a play date with a friend and I can get a work, sneak a workout in. But sometimes, you know, I had her the whole time. So I wait till she goes to bed and I'm out like a lunatic in the, in the neighborhood <laughs> doing laps around my yard or 
doing a workout in my stinking driveway, you know, and yep. that's what you got to do, right? Because it's just the way the way it is. Yeah, you know? it's really forced to creativity. Yeah. So I just tell her, hey, I'll be outside. And I'll stay within yelling distance of the house and yell <laughs> if you got a problem. And I'm out just, yeah, being the lunatic in the neighborhood. So, yeah, the outside 45, definitely a pain in the ass. Well, we but, got lucky with the time of year it was. At least it wasn't terrible weather. I think sure. I had some pretty bad rainy sure. days maybe three or four times. How about you? Yeah, there's some days you're out in the rain. You're walking in the rain. It's just the way it is, you know. But uh, that was part of the reason for starting when you started, too, because I was doing the math, going, like, I'm going to do this. She's going to do this. I'm going to do it, too. Oh, crap. I better start now because if I don't, Minnesota in, in November, December sounds yeah, horrible, right? So fun. you're like, you better do it now, you know. Well, that was a good incentive too to not screw up because having yes. to start over again would have put us yes. into more into winter. And I'm asthmatic. I cannot work outside for long periods of time when it's really cold. So if I had screwed up and had to start over, I might not have been able to complete it at all last year. So that was also a, a good incentive. But the whole the whole idea of the 75 days without deviation, just like with the diet, it really taught you that if you if something matters to you, you will find time for it. It will yep. become a priority. Yep. Even if it's walking half asleep, there were times where I feel like I was half asleep walking at 11 o'clock at night before I went to bed because my day got away from me and I couldn't get that second workout in. Yep. But it was that commitment to self, that commitment to the program, that commitment to say, I am going to finish this. That made you go get your shoes on and go yeah. walk laps around the Byerly's parking lot is what I did around my my apartment building so yeah i'd walk, walk down to the school in the neighborhood and i'd be doing pull-ups on the monkey bars and crunches on a bench and burpees on you know just, just you know it's just what you gotta do i remember once a but a friend of mine came over i hadn't got my 40 uh, i hadn't got my 45 outside in yet and he's going over to hang out at my place i'm like sorry man i gotta do this so we're gonna chat we're gonna get my walk and you have to come with me if we're gonna chat and hang out so he's like oh okay so we're you know we go for a walk together and at like 10 30 at night yeah and it was fun i had that too where i'd say let's get coffee and i'd say do you mind going for a walk with me instead because i need to get a workout in i need to walk and we can drink coffee and it's actually kind of fun to be able to do a little bit of that multitasking some people that i know of that did 75 hard they multitasked so while they were working out they would read or talk on the phone i really tried to be intentional and not be distracted when I did my workouts. Um, it was really important to me that I try to work out as hard as I physically could. And on days when I had to walk, fine. But if I knew I had something in the tank, I made myself actually push it. Which yep. which was, I guess, my own decision. But I wanted to be as legit as possible. <laughs> yep. So um, one of the other requirements was the daily progress picture. I hated doing that simply because it was something so easy to forget to do. Yes. And I would do it first thing in the morning and I look like garbage. My face looked like garbage and I got really sick of looking at ugly pictures of my face. But in the end, it was nice to have that comparison. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have really understood how that extra 5% of effort really makes the difference in aesthetics and in body fat percentage. And you can see it. Um, you can't see it one day to the next, but boy, over 75 days, it's really remarkable. Yeah, around like day around day forty or fifty, I thought it was like it's almost like that was the minimum. 
And it's almost like the body was like, hey, screw you. We're going to put some, retain some water. Yeah. We, I think we both hit our minimums. Yes. Right around six week or seven week mark. Yes. Yeah. Definitely saw a shift up until week six or seven. Yep. Day 50, maybe yep. something like that. And, um, and then the progress seemed to just kind of stagnate. It's almost yeah. like my body hit the happy point yep. and it, I didn't get that much leaner. In fact, I kind of yo-yoed a little bit the last. I did too. Um, I think, sorry. Yeah, I think the body, or not, excuse me, as far as, uh, yeah, we hit, I think, like, hit lowest body fat around there. That's also when the burnout started happening, too, like, as far as the real grind. Like, it was fine up until around day 50. Oh, gosh. And then yes. it was just like, oh, geez. It just turned into, geez, we got to just power through and get through this crap, you know? Yeah, the last, I would say hitting the doldrums was about day 50. We got tired. On. Just get yeah. tired. It's a lot, but that's when you really... I hated some of those days, but I also love some of those test days to say, okay, this is real. Yep. This is hard. And I love how hard this is because I'm doing it and I'm enduring and I'm not quitting for anything. And so the harder it got, the more, the more badass I felt and the more satisfied I felt and the happier I was. This was a huge, a huge push for my emotional well-being. I mean, sometimes I got real crabby, but it was there's there was so much joy for me that came out of knowing I was doing something really hard and I was crushing it. I would agree. On the hard days, it was a you're mad like God, this is a pain in the ass. But by doing it, you go, oh geez, you sure have been complacent these last ten years, right? You know, like yes. you got a lot more in the tank you haven't been using, man. Time to step it up in the future. Yes. You know? So, well, and I, I had entertained the idea of running a marathon during 75 hard, but I hated to register because I had registered for a lot of races in 2019 that I would get hurt and I couldn't compete. And so I toyed with the idea and I was doing so much running that I thought, you know, I think I might do a marathon. And it ended up that I decided to sign up and run the Twin Cities Marathon. And so that experience kind of pushed me through the last chunk of it. And Going into that marathon, just having all of these workouts under my belt, I didn't doubt for a second that I could run it. And so there was an aspect of knowing you put that work in and knowing you put that time in, or at least for me, knowing I already had proven to myself I could work out for 90 minutes a day, surely I can finish a marathon. And so I did. And so that was one of my favorite aspects of 75 Hard is that my 75 Hard experience was punctuated with running a marathon, which I'd been wanting to do again since I had such a bad marathon experience six years prior. So the workouts really solidified that I could endure when I was tired. And then I was able to run a marathon. So that was really cool. Also in the workouts too, um, I can't, it's hard to say what the results would have been if we had only worked out 90 minutes a day, because 90 minutes technically is the minimum to meet, to right. do it, you know, but we like, for example, like I didn't, didn't compromise on the, on the, the stick, we'll call it the standard default workout, which is probably an hour, hour and 50 minutes of weight training. And then you did the 45 minute walk, run cardio, whatever after that. Yeah. You were working out like two and a half hours a day. Yeah. Then I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu two or three days a week. And I think that might have been part of the reason for maybe a, a kind of a partial burnout there a little bit and maybe getting so lean that quick. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it was kind of, we definitely didn't work out the minimum. So the results may have probably wouldn't have been the same if we were doing the bare minimum. Yeah. You know? Well, and there were times where I would do a, 
a 25 minute walk on accident and then have to go do a 45 minute. And then of course, walking my dog a billion times a day. None of those were 45 minutes usually. So yeah, we definitely very rarely did the bare minimum, which also helped. Uh, very yeah on, on every once in a while we would due to lack of time but i would say five to six days a week we we're probably doing oh eat oh, well over 120 probably, probably average two hours a day yeah there's guess. a lot of movement yeah that's for sure which brings us to the water requirement so i drink a gallon of water a day most days before 75 hard yep so this this one was not hard for me i never really found myself chugging water right before bed i tried to drink my gallon before i went to work in the morning <laughs> So I usually would have my workouts done and all the requirements done by 10 o'clock in the morning, including the water. And that way I could chill out because that that was the last thing I wanted to be doing was walking at midnight and chugging a gallon of water. So the water piece was not hard, but I know for some people it was really hard. Same here. Three, three liters or so before leaving work. And then I used to drink a liter and a half during the workout. So we sound like we're bragging. We're not. It's just... It was already part of the routine. We we came into this with pretty decent routines yeah. already and pretty decent um, healthy lifestyles. And I think I think that was what was the biggest shock to me was I came into this thinking, A, it was going to be pretty easy um, because I already did a lot of these things. And B, that I wasn't going to see a huge change in my body because I did a lot of these things. But even coming in relatively fit, relatively healthy, without much weight to lose – the results were astounding. Yes. And I think that that's probably the point we're trying to make is some of this stuff was already part of our life, but it's that locking the door, doing it absolutely every single day. It's that extra little five, 10% of effort and time and perfection that normally you wouldn't have the incentive to do. That really makes a big difference in your body and in your aesthetics and in your body fat percentage and weight. It, it, If you really want to shred down, if you really want to get into sick shape, you have to be consistent. You have to lock the door and do something consistently for a long time. So the reading, man, that, that the impact of that was just huge. So I I chose to read uh, a lot of Jocko Willink's books. Um, I followed David Goggins. I followed Jordan Peterson. Um, Who else was there? Those are kind of my my go-to folks. Then there were some books that were um, recommended by Jocko and books recommended by Andy Priscilla. So there's a few other deviations from those. In reading their books, I then started re- listening to their podcasts when I was doing my walk. And so basically you're injecting, injecting this stuff into your head so frequently throughout the day that it, man, it just, it just made you it just it made you want to just dominate everything that came your way. For me, for me particularly professionally, um, it made me want to just go and just crush, crush stuff, and be the best engineer and the best leader and role model I could be. And um, I'm not saying I am, but just it made you strive for that. And so I started like you know there was an opportunity to work on some Japanese projects, so I start you know studying Japanese, you know and. And started, you know, and Jocko preaches that doing jujitsu. So you start doing jujitsu, and you do all these things. And basically, your day is packed with productivity, and you willfully do this stuff because of what you, of the positivity that you put into your head. It's it's huge. And it was kind of funny. You know, I was exhausted, going, "Man, there's like no time in the day." It's like, man, I gotta do a a time 
a time budget here. I'm kind of, it feels like surely I'm, I'm wasting some time somewhere. And so I do, you know, sleep and food and work and workouts and, and studying Japanese and you're reading and I t tally it all up and in a 24 hour period, 23.25 hours are accounted for. And I'm like, holy right. crap. So like, okay. All right. It's all right. There's a little bit of margin there for, I don't know, maybe hitting the snooze button once or something like that. But, uh, yeah, the reading for me was huge and it still is. And listening to those podcasts, listening to Andy, listening to Jocko, listen to Jordan Peterson. And again, these are, I'm, I'm biased, right? Those, these are the guys that really hit home with me with, with my industry and what I've done in the past. And, uh, it's, it, it's changed me. I think, at least I, I think it's changed, changed me and, and made me step it up. So yeah, I definitely agree. The reading, the reading for me was the most powerful part of this whole thing. And like you said, I did the reading and then it led me to want to listen to podcasts and especially biking to work and doing all of the outdoor workouts, you had time to listen to things. And so I listened to the MFCEO Project podcast just episode after episode. I binge listened on my bike rides, and I binge listened on my walks. And the books that I read and those podcasts together just shook me. I mean, I was feeling really complacent in my life. I was feeling really compelled to to try some new things, some new ventures, this podcast being one of them, but I hadn't really intentionally started working on anything. And that steady diet of personal growth reading and the podcasts just challenged me to up my game, to work harder, to work smarter, to spend less time wasting my day, to spend less time on leisure and it gave me a sense of direction and purpose that I've never had before. And I started budgeting my day too, like Randy said, and being more productive. I got rid of my TVs. That was a big thing. I wasn't watching them a whole lot, but just feeling like when I sit down to watch TV, I, I end up wasting time. I end up falling asleep in front of the TV or just, it just was a waste of time. And then the subscriptions was a waste of money. So I got rid of those and just really honed in on a new routine. And it involved starting my day with personal development, listening to podcasts and reading. And it's a, a habit I've stuck with. And it made me appreciate my job. It made me work harder at my job. The things I listened to made me appreciate and understand and see the skills of the leaders around me. As I'm learning about leadership and entrepreneurship, I'm, I'm hearing all of this and I'm realizing that those traits are reflected in my colleagues and in the people who own the business I work for. And it gave me a whole new respect and understanding of the people around me, which I'm a little fluffier and more emotional. And so those types of lessons are really important to me to not only be more productive, but to understand and respect the people around me. I tried to recommend things like Brene Brown to Randy. And I learned early on that we have different tastes in the things that we like to read. Brene Brown and vulnerability is great for me, but um, Jocko seems to be a little bit more powerful. But the people that, that um, I told about 75 Hard, um, we never did talk about how we found out about it, but my friend Amanda was doing it. So she's how, that's how I found out about it. And then I couldn't stop talking about it. So friends of mine started doing it and Amanda got other people to do it. And so we all started trading books back and forth. So books like Lynchpin and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and um, the uh, Mindset books and 
Um, the first book that I read was The AMRAP Mentality by Jason Kalipa, which really got my productivity going. And um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is one that went around. So it was really fun to have a network of people, too, that were reading and we were passing books around and all of us growing together and leveling up together. It's really, really mm -hmm. exciting. And now it's still happening. I can't imagine not having a book that I'm working on reading every single day. And we're still trading books and trading ideas. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm repeating myself. But the reading was and continues to be the biggest game changer of, I don't know, of my adult life maybe. That might not be a stretch to say the biggest game changer of my adult life. Yeah, and same with me too. Because there was some uh, some hard, like some uh, hardships in the personal life that um, would occasionally put me in a you know a, a negative space every once in a while. And the reading really, really kept you positive, and it was it was good. It was really good. Yeah, like yes. focused your brain on something yeah. positive and what you can For do. Sure. Instead of the crap that's happened in the past for me too. Exactly. And also too, when you would think of um, those difficult things in the past or the things that bother you, there's always these little you know, tidbits from these books that tell you, yeah, life isn't fair. Suck it up. Press on. And you're like, yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Stop being a weenie. Get after it. Um, another thing that I did too during 75 hard, I wanted to wait to start till September because I wanted to go to the state fair. And if you know me, you know, I love the Minnesota state fair and I go, it's 12 days. I've, I think the most I've ever gone in one state fair year was nine days out of 12. And on those days, I mean, I just eat whatever I want. It's a lot. It's not a lot of volume, but it's a lot of days of a lot of unhealthy things. And it's my thing. And so when I decided to do 75 hard, I was like, well, I guess I'll just won't be eating at the fair. I'll just be eating vegetables or whatever. But the closer the fair came, um, as I was doing 75 hard, the more I realized that I don't want to go and I didn't want to be in that environment and walk around and indulge and gorge myself, even on healthy food. And so I only went to the fair one day for an afternoon and that just doing that, being able to let that go and say, I can do this next year was a really big accomplishment for me to simply say, you know, I'm not defined by the things that I love. I'm not defined by what other people expect me to do. I mean, people were more upset about me not going to the fair than I was upset. <laughs> um, but that was a big accomplishment for me in my own mind to say, I can do and be whomever I wish to be. And who I have always been has nothing to do with who I'm going to be. And it's just the state fair and it's just a bunch of junk food, but it was big for me and to just let that go. And I was happy to go the one day and have grilled chicken and leave, which is crazy. I still can't believe I did that. It was like the least Kristen thing I've ever done, but it felt really good. I was, I feel like I redefined myself um, through the process of 75 hard. So I guess to wrap up, maybe we should both kind of say like the overview of what what it meant and how it changed each of us. Yeah. The main thing was mindset and it's made me much more driven, uh, professionally. That's, and also too, I think that I'm tired. I'm not right. You know that who are you kidding? You're being weak. Maybe you're tired. Fine. But you're gonna go for a walk minimum. When other times in the past, maybe you'd sit. Yeah. And not, 
do something, you know. But you, yeah, you basically, you're, I guess you, I would say in general, the time is spent much more productive day to day, you know. But also too, well, one more thing too though, there was with the, with the, the nicotine gum, you know. I think after I finished that hard, I realized, okay, you've been a little bit complacent in the discipline department and between finishing 75 hard and then work and then talking with you and you using your, the never binge again strategies. Yeah. I made him my practice client for my coaching business and I apparently am real good at it. (laughs) No. And the next day I, so she's using me as a practice client and on his nicotine gun habit. And I just, we had just finished studying about hard and I was like, what are you doing, man? And she kind of made me realize I was being irrational and quit the next day, which was kind of a, and I pro- if I hadn't done 75 hard and hadn't talked to her, I'd probably still be chewing that. Crap. How long did you chew nicotine gum? Well, I've been using Nick. I chewed since I was like 19. And then I started using nicotine gum when I was, uh, when we a couple of years ago. So a couple of years. So I I'd had a nicotine addiction for 20 years over 20 years. Yeah. And, and we did this coaching. I did a practice coaching session with him, um, about the nicotine gum <laughs> just to kind of show him what uh, it's like to be coached, to give up, uh, an addiction and to stop, you know, I, I'm to be a, disciplined. Yeah. Basically I'm a binge eating recovery coach and I wanted to practice on something that wasn't food related. And so I asked him to be my practice client and we talked about his nicotine gum. And at the end of the conversation, I kind of thought I failed because I didn't feel like like we concluded it the way I thought. And then the next day he said, yeah, I'm not chewing anymore. And that was months ago. And yeah, you've been off for yeah, November 1st. So almost, almost three months. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so 75 hard gets credit for that. In, well, no, around the, uh, way. but it's the, it's the reading and then, you know, and having done something of hard, you realize, okay, I'm, you're disciplined. So if you, cho- if you're not disciplined, now you're choosing not to you big dummy. <laughs> right. So there's no excuses. You've proven that you can be so. And what about, what about your body composition? What, what was your overall weight and body fat uh, percentage changed during 75 days? Okay. Well, body fat percentage, you have to be careful with that one. Cause the different methods have error associated. Right. With but them. we measured kind of towards the beginning and then in the middle. Yeah. Via impedance method. I think it was around 12 per 12% when I started and I hit like a 5.5 at the low yeah, you but were really lean. I'm going to say, though, that uh, five, let's call it 8%. There's no way it was 5.5, just knowing what 5.5 looks like. I'd say, I think it was it was high single digits. Yeah, probably. you were really lean. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I mean, when you start getting vascularity in the lower abs, you know, that's, you're kind of getting down there. But anyways, yeah, so that was good. So it was 153 pounds at 5.8 on a good day. Yeah, no, you looked and good. I was probably started at 160. Probably started at 162. I probably lost nine pounds. Yeah. Strength went down just a touch, but body fat went way down. Yeah. Anyway, and for you. Yeah. And I, I think I lost, I lost about 12 pounds and my body fat percentage went down to, I think it was about 14%, which is the lowest it had ever been. I think the the lowest I'd ever seen it before was about 16%. So I was surprised at that. I wanted to definitely, I wanted to get leaner. I was a little chubby, you know, starting out, still recovering from surgery, still not a hundred percent. So, but I got to be the thinnest 
and the leanest I've ever been in my life. Um, I also added an ab workout to my, my daily list of requirements. I didn't do it two of the 75 days, but otherwise, um, I added that on top simply because my abs is something that I always wanted to strengthen my core. And so that was really fun to see my abs poke through because I got lean and, um, and not just aesthetically, but my push-ups improved, my planks improved, all of my workouts improved with a stronger core. So I was really excited about that. And um, yeah, I that I got I finally hit my goal of well, it was an unofficial goal, but you know I've been losing weight for 15 years, and I finally hit my quote-unquote goal weight of 155, which means I lost 250 pounds in my lifetime or since my highest at 405. So that was really cool to hit that as well. Something that I wasn't pushing for a number on the scale. I was just following the consistency of 75 hard, but that was really awesome to hit that goal. And I wasn't even really looking at it. So I don't know. I've never felt healthier. I've never felt more alive. I've never felt more vital and it was life-changing the end. Yep. Super life-changing. So. I like to comment too that. Yeah. I'd recommend it to anybody. I can't think of a reason not to. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the hangover effect? Oh, jeez. Okay. So when we got done, you've been maintaining this level of discipline for so long that you go, well, I don't want to, I don't want to break. Why would I want to break my record? Like what, why would I willfully screw this up? We've gone 75 days. Why do I want to eat a hamburger now? You know? And so we didn't change anything for several days. Afterwards. It was so hard. Yes, yeah, so we're like, like, what do we, what do we do? We don't, we don't have to do the stuff. But we, it, we were, we were kind of screwed up a little bit. I we mean, didn't know how to be mediocre. We didn't, we didn't know how to be normal. <laughs> and so I think there was a, it was probably a solid week where we didn't change anything. And then uh, I might have cut out the outside workouts. Yeah, I, yeah, I immediately okay, did that. Immediately cut out the outside workouts, but everything else stayed. And then after about two weeks, there were several weeks where we basically didn't negligible changes. And then Thanksgiving came and we still, we didn't even do anything for Thanksgiving. We didn't eat stuffing or anything. It was still, we still maintained diet. No, we ate cinnamon rolls. Oh, <laughs> I think that yeah, was the okay. first main that was the, cheat. No, that was the first cheat, right? Cause you did your surgery and I, I, I baked cinnamon rolls for you and creme brulee. That's right. So that was our, those were our, our that's probably the, that was the first that was probably the first batch of bleached flour that I'd eaten, you know, yeah. or let's say something sweet. But, um, so then probably about a month or so we went on vacation, like around Christmas, I wouldn't say fall off the wagon, but definitely had, you know, dinner rolls and, and things like that. And then, uh, you, and I, I started like, you could definitely see the change, right? Like starting to smooth out a little bit, yeah, like that little, yeah, 5%. a little bit and we're still working out every day. Right. But we weren't, doing quite as much cardio and then we're eating, loosen up the eating and sure you start blowing the hell back up again, you know, blowing up, I use air quotes on that. Right. But yeah, you, you it's the little 5% change. Yeah. Though. You put we on, proved it. Put on a few pounds and you go, Holy crap. It's, those it's that little, little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it was a full three weeks after 75 hard that I took an actual rest day. I don't even know if I did take a rest yeah. day because yeah. the two a day workouts just became part of the habit. And I did enjoy what I really loved is I was able to do my second workout inside. I did it on the treadmill and I was able to start multitasking. And so I used that time to study and I got my personal training certification because I was able to multitask 
Because um, part of the time during the reading, instead of doing personal development reading, I studied and I wanted to get my personal training certification and I took this binge eating certification course. And so I used the time too to educate myself and, and get those certifications going, which was really cool. And I never would have pushed myself to get that stuff done so quickly if I hadn't been doing 75 hard. But the two-a-day workouts, I think they went basically until – until my surgery in November when I was, then I couldn't work out for a while. But um, yeah, it was, we called it the 75 hard hangover. I didn't really know how to live without that level of discipline. And it it was hard. It guilt. It was such there guilt. There was guilt for, for deviating. Yeah. Cause you knew better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it was, it was, it's kind of funny, oh, but we, yeah. we floundered a little bit yeah. um, to know kind of, well, what are my rules? We didn't want to gain all that weight back or yeah. go backwards, but you do also kind of want to, I mean, I wanted to sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> I was tired. It was a grind. Andy Frisella knew what he was doing when he came up with these requirements. All of them put yes. together are tough. Yeah, I took it for granted going into it, going, ah, you know, it'll be a, a slight inconvenience, but yeah, I got this. And not finished, finishing it wasn't a question, but I didn't realize, I didn't fully realize how much good would come from it. I really didn't. And so, Man, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. And that's the thing, too, is everybody's different. So the things that really impacted me the most may not be the same as what impacts you or anybody else. Uh, but it's like it's but it's so it's so diverse. The rules are that one of those is going to get you mm-hmm. and change your life, totally. you know. And so he again, I, I don't I don't idolize any man, but or anybody in general. But I, I definitely uh he, he really nailed this one. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I would say if you haven't done it and you've heard about it, if you're thinking about it at all, that's your indication you need to do it. And don't think about when's the good time. Just do it. Although if you're in Minnesota, <laughs> the outdoor thing, I mean, God bless your heart if you can do it in the wintertime. <laughs> um, I couldn't. I can't. Um, but if you're somewhere where it's not insane outside, just start it. It's 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 life-changing. And the sooner the better and do it with your whole heart and with an open mind. And if you can convince your partner to do it with you, even better. So if you hear of any other challenges like this you want to send our way, please do. Um, And if you are a 75 Heart alumni, make sure you tag yourself on Instagram as 75 Heart alumni. I know the 75 Heart hashtag is popular, but the 75 Heart alumni hashtag is fun um, to be able to see who else has completed it. So... If you have any questions about this episode, please email me, Kristen at destinationbegin.com and find me on the gram, destination underscore begin. And uh, please subscribe and follow this podcast wherever you found it. And please share it. Please share it with the hashtag 75 hard. This isn't incredibly relevant to some people who have not done 75 hard, but if you have um, and you are active on social media, please reshare this and hashtag it so other 75 harders can be encouraged by the story and can also share theirs in return. 